The following is a recording of Memories of Srila Prabhupada by His Holiness Jayapataka Swami Maharaj on September 29, 1980 in Los Angeles, California, USA. One time to the Prabhupada commented this name Swamiji. It's not a very appropriate name for the spiritual master. I think I was present when he said that. Maybe he said it more than once, but I was present one time when he said it. So the devotees, rather than speculate, they asked to the Prabhupada whether they could what was the appropriate name that they could call him. Yes, what he called his spiritual master, different questions they asked. Prabhupada said that Prabhupada is an appropriate name for a spiritual master. And so the devotees started to call him to the Prabhupada. I wouldn't definitely say who was the first, but I seem to remember Govinda Dasi asking. I remember Prabhupada chastising for calling him Swamiji. Not chastising, but just commenting. They asked, is this the proper name, Swamiji? And he said, no. It's not a very good name. I'm Govinda Dasi, I think. In Montreal, 1968. <coughs> Actually, we were, last time we discussed how Narottam Thakur prayed to Lord Chaitanya, how he empowered some of his energies to distribute books and some to write the books. Super Goswami and Sanatana Gopalbhata wrote, Srinivasachari distributed. Actually, Siddha Prabhupada, he we analyzed the activities of the associates of Lord Chaitanya, Rupin Sanatan, they excavated the holy dhammas. <coughs> Bhaktivinoda Thakur wanted that there should be a world organization to spread Krishna consciousness. In the house of the Prabhupada, he did singly all the different activities that the different previous acharyas began. He wrote the literatures, arranged for the distribution, organized the world organization, Krishna consciousness. And he also excavated the holy places of uh, Mayapur, 
Vrindavan, so that people from all over the world could visit these holy places. And on and on, Prabhupada always stressed that one tries to follow, should try to follow the footsteps of the previous acharyas and fulfill their desires. And actually, he fulfilled so many desires of so many different previous acharyas that it's almost hard to find any desire that he did not fulfill. Of course, there's still more to be done. But it's just a furtherance of what Prabhupada's already done in most of the cases. And the first time that Srila Prabhupada went, maybe not the first time, maybe it was the second time, 1968-69 he went to India for his health. And the devotees were all very much concerned that he might not come back. And when he was returning then, all these devotees from the eastern coast of America and Canada all gathered at Boston <coughs> to greet Srila Prabhupada. And there must have been at least 150, 200 devotees present with big signs, Welcome Srila Prabhupada. And after the plane arrived, there was such a huge kirtan. The newspapers reported that the devotees were jumping up and down. One of the devotees was playing cartels so wildly that he cut his head. He didn't even realize he was bleeding. The newspapers reported that some of the people had cut their head and they were bleeding, but they weren't not conscious of it. And how some of the devotees were chanting and uh, crying and their bodies were shivering and they reported that in the newspaper. And Srila Prabhupada was going through the customs and there was a uh, barricade, a screen about seven feet high so you couldn't see what was happening behind the customs category uh, enclosure. But we knew that Prabhupada's plane had arrived and we'd heard from some lookouts that he was inside there, but we hadn't, no one had a glimpse. Everyone was chanting Kirtan. When everything exploded, this Prabhupada just lifted his hand over the screen. He could just see his bead bag. Whole place just, you know, jumping up and down. And that was when people were getting caught and they're knowing. And, uh, you know, newsmen with their uh, TVs were being knocked over and uh, no one just... <laughs> and then, a little while later, Prabhupada came through out into the uh, lobby and just everyone hit the deck, paid their obeisances. And everyone had one garment. 150 
And there was a ceremony, everyone was offering the garland to the Prabhupada, and his head would be completely covered with flowers, he'd take them off. Then it began, so he would just accept, everyone was so compassionate, he was accepting everyone's garland. But the newsmen were becoming a little astonished. <laughs> you know, this level of worship they'd never seen. Even, you know, the prime ministers and the presidents don't get that kind of greeting. And it was piling up more and more flower garments. And the first word that Srila Prabhupada said is that the spiritual master, you may be wondering why man is receiving so much worship. Well, this is the spiritual master is to be worshipped on the same level as God. But if the spiritual master, the guru, thinks that he is God, he's not God, he's the opposite. He's not G-O-D, he's D-O-G. He's dog! Everyone was shocked by this statement. So, meeting with Srila Prabhupada and separating with Srila Prabhupada. These are eternal pastimes. You see, in this movie, how Prabhupada was so compassionate, the person who just kept preaching, anyone who would come, he would try to convince them Sometimes after the person would leave, Prabhupada would turn and say that the person is really... He'd make some comment, I can't remember exact words, but you know, usually sometimes would say the person was very foolish or very ignorant, very stubborn. And he'd comment, I'm just showing you how you should preach. I'm doing this to teach you. Are there some other questions? The prophet said once that a devotee came in and confessing all of his fallen nature. Prabhupada told him to try. Prabhupada gave a commentary that the spiritual master doesn't see the uh, qualification or disqualification of the disciple in one sense, but sees the service that is rendered. As long as someone wants to render service, then the spiritual master accepts that, tries to engage that person. Of course, where there's some defect, his duty to point it out 
or to try to correct it. But as long as a person is willing uh, to serve, to accept that instruction, to accept engaging in Krishna's service, the Prabhupada would engage him. I remember there was one devotee who uh, had trouble and fell down, and a letter came to the Prabhupada when he was in Mayapur. And this devotee had fallen to the prostitutes. They wrote, and they said that he has left the temple, he's associating with professional, and this way his character has gone so much down so far uh, degraded. So they asked Prabhupada uh, what they should do. And Prabhupada got the letter. I don't know exactly what the secretary at. I imagine the secretary wrote what Prabhupada said, but it could probably never be written. Prabhupada was so appreciative of that person's previous service that he was actually crying and he said that they should go and beg that person to come back. They should beg him to come back to Krishna. They immediately wanted to condemn that person and write him off. Prabhupada wanted them to go and beg that person to come back, to practically drag him back or by their affection and that he had rendered such nice service at one time it was such a pity if he spoiled his life to actually get the mercy of the spiritual master in being chastised to the Prabhupada he would not, not chastise everyone it was a special mercy if one was chastised. I think before I went to India, I was fortunate enough. At that time, I didn't feel very fortunate. But I, I was here in Los Angeles at that particular moment when Prabhupada took some charnamita that had salt in it. He was very displeased. And everyone was trying to pass the buck who actually did it. But Prabhupada was relentless to find who was the actual responsible person to bathe Krishna in salt instead of water. Finally, the person was located. Prabhupada said, very serious offense, very careless. Words cannot describe the mood that was present at that moment. And uh, Prabhupada would, after instructing a disciple or chastising someone, he would sometimes apologize and say, actually, I'm very harsh. I don't know how you tolerate me. But uh, actually, this is my duty. It's a thankless task to be spiritual master. One has to find out what are the defects of a disciple. If you do not find out what are the defects, then 
If the disciple had no defects, then he'd already be perfect. So the reason he's not perfect is because he has certain defects, certain obstacles. So those have to be purified. At the same time, I remember that sometimes one of Prabhupada's attendants or secretaries would get into it. Prabhupada would be counseling or chastising whatever he wanted, instructing a disciple. And one of the other godbrothers somehow got on the bandwagon, so to speak, and he would try to say something immediately Prabhupada, uh, you know, to criticize that person. And Prabhupada would immediately completely crush that other person. He said, oh, you are such an expert. Now you have suddenly become the... You could not see before? Now you are seeing as I am saying. Before you could not see? Before you could not advise? Now you are advising. You know. Because that's the specific responsibility of the spiritual master, not that everyone has that responsibility to criticize. There's different relationships in spiritual life. Remember there was, in Mayapur, we have sugar cane we grow every year and we crush that into sugar gore. And so it was being stacked up outside the kitchen. And all the Bengali gurukul and the babies, they liked to... It was near the Grihasti quarter, so they had cut up the sugar cane. The little kids were chewing on it. And we chew on sugar cane. After you chew it, then you get this pulp left. And they're spitting it here and there. So whoever was in charge of the cleanup swept the spittings up by the unoffered, uncrushed, raw sugar cane. And Prabhupada, you know, saw this, saw the pile of these things near the unoffered sugar cane. And he started to chastise the Indian devotees that you call yourself Hindus. You've come to the temple just to go to hell. You have come here just so you can go to hell. You call yourself Hindus, Indians, you are sweeping the spittings by the boga which is going to be offered to Krishna. This is your culture, this is what you have learned from your childhood. And he was heavily chastising the devotees there. Suddenly, you know, one little toddler, two-year-old two comes walking by with a sugar cane. And one of the 60-year-old men, suddenly he goes and grabs away the sugar cane from the kids. The kid starts bawling, you know, and he grabs them and goes, oh, what are you doing eating sugar cane here? And then Prabhupada says, oh, he says, Ustari Gocho. Ustari means like, it means like, now you're the coach. Now you're coaching. You couldn't see before. Now I'm saying, now you're grabbing the candy away from the baby. But before your eyes were blind, 
So, that was a special privilege that was reserved for Sri Prabhupada, especially. Anyone who's in a responsible position, of course, he always has to preach and cultivate the people working under him to come up to higher levels of responsibility and proficiency in their service. But criticism is not useful unless it's actually constructive. Halvard would, he would only criticize his god-brothers in very close association on a very specific philosophical point if there was some disagreement. Uh, he didn't like the fact that one of his godbrothers painted a halo around, or his disciples or whatever, they painted a halo around the uh, picture. He wouldn't discuss this in public, but he just once sometimes saw this. Bhakti Siddhanta, Bhakti Vinod Thakur. They don't have any halo. So why he should paint a halo? This effulgence. He cannot produce it, so why should he paint it? <laughs> but, uh, you know, these are very specific things. But that was just to instruct us. And then he would say, you know, that if then if another disciple started to say that, yes, well, your godbrothers are really, and then, then he'd say, they are my godbrothers. They are not your godbrothers.